Every day, during this great and terrible pause, Cood Street is spending ten minutes or so with readers and book lovers from around the world, asking them what they're reading and what they recommend to anyone with a bit of time on their hands. Today I'm spending ten minutes or so with Corey J. White, author of the Void Witch series of novellas and Repo Virtual, who joins me from somewhere on the far side of Australia. Hello, Corey. Hey, how's it going? Not too bad. I nearly made a terrible joke about you being somewhere on the far right side of Australia, then I realized you were in Melbourne. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I've been here for a few years now, though I was a Queensland boy for a long time. <laughs> and so tell me, do you feel notably more hipster since you arrived in Melbourne, or...? I feel more at home. I, I don't know why I lived on the Gold Coast for so long when I don't like the sun or the beach. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to like self-loathing is the only answer really, isn't it? Yeah. yeah when I think about the, the Gold Coast, that's what I think of. So, so yeah. tell me, sort of the world has gone into strange and terrible times. How are you coping? Are you finding you're able to, that you're able to, to read, to work, to engage with things? Uh, mostly, more or less. Like, I finished the first draft of my next book on the 1st of May, and so I was writing that through from late January right through, and I only had two weeks where it was really rough to put the words down. But otherwise, I stuck with it, and I've been able to read and do my day job as well, mostly. But yeah, it's definitely, everything's just that much harder, but I'm still managing to get it done. Yeah, yeah. Certainly, the, oh, I can understand about the that much harder. So tell yeah. me, what are you reading at the moment? And the critical question, is it any good? <laughs> uh, right now I'm reading Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison, which is uh, a novel from the early 50s um, about, I guess, race and racism um, in America at that time. So I'm only I'm less than halfway through it, and it is very good. I'm really enjoying it. The writing is phenomenal. Um, but I'm, I'm not actually sure yet if the invisibility is going to be only metaphorical or also literal by the end. <laughs> okay. <laughs> are you, a, a, when you're working, are you mostly a reader of fiction while you're writing or a reader of nonfiction? Um, I've been trying to basically always have two books on the go, one fiction and one nonfiction. So at the moment, I'm also reading uh, Humankind by uh, Timothy Morton, who also wrote Hyperobjects. And Humankind is, um, the, the tagline is solidarity with non-human people. So it's um, very much about kind of a, a yeah, solidarity with animals and with other elements of what we call nature, um, which is kind of where my my next book and my thinking at the moment is going. I don't mm -hmm. know if climate change isn't completely out of my mind with the pandemic, so I'm always thinking about uh, ecology and nature and our place in it, and I'm trying to talk about that in my writing. So that's definitely... Yeah, human, Morton's humankind is definitely feeding into that. Okay. And let me ask you this then. If, if you're shut in in amongst reading new works, what would you recommend to, to people who are stuck indoors at the moment? Do you think it's a time for lengthy series or comfort reads or just whatever shows up? I think it is a really stressful time for a lot of people. So I think comfort reads are going to be important get everyone through this and i also think um novellas novelettes short fiction like maybe with everything else going on you can't get really into a, a dense novel but um you can there's plenty of great shorter fiction out there um, so yeah one that i would definitely recommend is um book the the only harmless great thing yeah a couple of years ago the yep. novelette 
um, that was absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. And if anyone hasn't read that, it's um, short enough that if you can, if you do have the brain power to focus at the moment, um, you can mm-hmm. get through it in one sitting. Um, but yeah, no, I think, uh, yeah, I definitely know people who are struggling with just about everything at the moment. Like yeah. Comfort reads, um, they can definitely do a big help. I understand. And I would second, second your recommendation. Brooke's book is, is just terrific. So yeah. let me ask you this then. What do you have out in the world at the moment? Um, so my debut novel, Repo Virtual, came out in April, which is pretty terrible timing, <laughs> all told. But, um, at least it's out there and I'm very proud of the book and it's been well received so far. So I'm hoping that even with everything going on there, people might find it and it might give people um, a few hours away from all the troubles of the world. So it's um, a cyberpunk novel, but it's I'm trying to step away from the retro-futurist kind of aesthetic cyberpunk and do something that's very 21st century with the subject now. So very much looking at our kind of um, the mundane cyberpunk of right now and then extrapolating that into a near future setting with um, a central question being about the personhood of AI. Mm-hmm. So a cyberpunk novel about the birth of AI. I mean, uh, how long ago did you start the book? What, what uh, sort of, how, what f- is there, are there points of comparison you could give readers out there who might be interested in picking up, uh, the book? Oh, I mean, you can't not be inspired by saying your own answer. It is, there is definitely a heist element to it. So I was almost worried about doing an AI heist because I, I thought <laughs> it might be too close to your own answer, but I think I, I did it. I made it my own. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the main inspiration for me was actually the work of a philosopher, uh, philosophy professor out of the States, uh, Damien Williams, who also goes by the name Wolven online. Um, so he does a lot of, uh, he writes a lot about, um, I guess, the disability and uh, race and feminist issues and the intersection of all of those. But he also writes about AI and he likes to write about um, those issues through the lens of pop culture, which is good for me when I don't have uh, any formal philosophy uh, education. So I got really um, inspired by the way he talked about AI and personhood and what we should be thinking about as we may or may not develop them <laughs> at the moment, because who knows if we'll actually pull it off. Um so yeah, it was really just that philosophical question that kind of, I had a bunch of ideas swirling around in my head, but it sure, was that sure. question that actually helped me bring it all together into a story that I really wanted to tell. Okay. And of course, this is from Tor.com, I believe. Yes. So they published my um, trilogy of novellas as well. And um, yeah, I was lucky enough to work with them for my debut novel too. Now for those crazy, insane people who are foolish enough not to read The Void Witch Saga, what's the <laughs> elevator pitch for it? Okay, um, so Mars Zai can kill you with her mind. She's an extremely powerful telekinetic uh, human weapon who's been on the run since she was a child. And as the first book opens, um, the people who created her are just kind of back on her tail and trying to bring her back into the fold through fair means and foul, mostly foul. Um, so it's about, um, I guess... Power and responsibility and also opening yourself up to others um, because life isn't really worth much without doing that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's ultra-violent <laughs> in a lot of ways, but I also think it's got a lot of heart and I put a lot of myself in that. So, yeah, I, I really am proud of those books. Too. <laughs> <laughs> and had, had you intended to write three of them 
from the the outset, or did that evolve over time? I always had a loose idea for where the first story could become a trilogy, but I didn't want to try my luck too much because Killing Gravity got picked up out of the open submission window at all. So I was very lucky for it to get picked up out of slush. And then before the first one was even published, we had a contract for the second one because I guess um, uh, I'd been talking to my editor and I guess he, he enjoyed working with me enough to take the gamble on book two. And then before book two was published, he had a contract on book three and I was, I was really happy to have a chance to tell a full story. And I think in, in the second book, I got to delve into some of the political stuff that was happening in the back of my head. And then by the third, I really got to uh, explore some more personal and familiar sort of issues. And I think really bring home, well, I hope, <laughs> I really brought it home. <laughs> Did it feel like a natural segue then to finish the Void Witch saga and then move into Repo Virtual? Or is it just a matter of one of those sort of happenstances of time where you've got multiple things going on? I've always got multiple ideas happening and... I definitely didn't want to get bogged down in one universe or one subgenre. Um, and I think cyberpunk was obvious because, um, you know, I've been reading and loving cyberpunk stories for 20 years at least. And, um, you always kind of want to play in the same toy box as the heroes have played in. Um, and yeah, like I said, I, I do think that we're living in a very cyberpunk now at the moment. So it is interesting to, yeah, just throw out all the, the 80s cyberpunk and just say what might it look like with a, a fresh eye. Yeah. Well, I was going to um, actually so ask you this. Um, why do you think it's so hard for us to get cyberpunk out of our systems? Is there something that's persistently relevant about it? I mean, I do think so. I think cyberpunk was born out of that neoliberal change that happened in the 70s with um, Thatcher and Reagan. And, uh, and then I think in Australia it might have, more after the recession we've had to have, but I definitely think um, that extreme corporatization that's always been an element of cyberpunk is feels extremely relevant now. With um, you know, we've got Silicon Valley tech giants seemingly taking over everything, mass surveillance is everywhere, um, and yeah, we're just becoming more and more attached to our phones and our computers, and it, it just feels very cyberpunk, and I think. I don't know what it's going to take for us to leave Cyberpunk behind, but I kind of have this feeling like we need to soon. And so in, in, in Repo Virtual, I was also thinking about it as sort of a, a bridge away from Cyberpunk towards something else. And that something else might be Solarpunk or it might be Hopepunk or it might be, it might not even have the, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it might not have a punk on it at all. But, um, yeah, I think if people read it with that idea in their head, they might see where I'm going with it because there's definitely, um, the book definitely moved away from that corporate idea to a more kind of communal existence in some ways. Um, but I also wasn't, um, that heavy handed with it either. The commune is, isn't run by the mass person in the world either because, you know, we can't always trust authority figures no matter <laughs> where they come from. And did any of those thoughts surrounding Repo Virtual feed into what you're working on now? Yes and no. With the book I'm working on now, it's the focus is definitely on the environmental impacts. But I think those environmental impacts can definitely be linked to kind of uh, over, or I guess our addiction to consumption and the kind of increasingly capitalized nature of um, so much of our lives. So whereas the 
uh, ecological side of things is definitely present in Revo Virtual. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say it's the focus, sure. whereas it's definitely the focus in the new book. And let me ask you, I mean, it would be fair to say that cyberpunk is not noted for being optimistic about the future. Mm. How hard do you think it is to be optimistic in a science fictional space these days? I mean, it's very difficult for me, personally, because I, I do suffer from depression. I'm pretty pessimistic at the best of times. Um, but, I mean, there are people out there doing that work, and science fiction is always the, the realm of ideas and new thought, um, and there's a lot of interesting things happening in the corners. Um, like, I, I keep saying that I'm waiting for the, the cyberpunk, I'm sorry, the solarpunk novel to really yeah. come along and, and solidify that, because it feels like, at the moment, it's a a big collection of disparate short stories. Mm -hmm. And we need one really solid take to come along and um, concrete it in the cultural eye. Um, yeah, there, there's definitely positive outlooks there. I just don't know if I'm the one to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I ask because I'm taken by something that Kim Stanley Robinson has said, that we have a moral obligation to choose to be optimistic. Not mm -hmm. to be naturally optimistic within ourselves, but choose an optimistic option because... What else do you do when you're looking at the future but choose to find the best way forward? Mm. Well, that's, it is definitely something I consider. Um, I mean, Killing Gravity came out of my own thinking about the future and my own, well, I guess my own depressed thinking about the future. And so I deliberately chose to write something that's set, you know, hundreds or maybe a thousand years in the future, but it's still our future. And so it's, that was a little piece of hope that I had to latch onto that we do survive what's happening at the moment and we do go to the stars and we do, you know, maybe it's not that great out there. <laughs> maybe it's still <laughs> an imperialist, you know, kind of nightmare out there in space, but at least we made it out there. And then again, with Repo Virtual, the, um, uh, I don't want to really give anything away because it's, it's kind of related to the end of the book, but there is definitely that notion of, um, yeah, I guess, an ongoing relationship with the future that I find it, that I think is both maybe depressing and hopeful. But um, yeah, I, I think sometimes you you do have to grab a little bit of hope where you can, and sometimes it might not be pure hope. There's <laughs> a little bit of it, and got to take what you can. Be enough sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. Well, look, Repo Virtual and the Void Witch Saga are out for Tor from out from Tor, tor are out from Tor com, and are in mm -hmm. virtual and physical bookstores if you can get to them even as we speak, and I assume there'll be hopefully a new book next year. Yeah, Fingers crossed. Um, I've got to edit it now and then find a new agent. So hopefully, I'm hoping next year as well. Well, good luck, and thank you so very much for making time to talk to us today. I genuinely appreciate it. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. It's been great.